0: Um, In this case, it was an influencer business that helped innovate Stanley. In all those stories though, the buy guy, the mom's blog, I think they've been overlooked in how much they actually elevated the brand.
1: Welcome to Econ with Dr. A, where we break down economics and business topics to empower your life. I'm Dr. A, your guide on this journey. Join me in explaining the insights that matter, helping you make informed decisions for a better personal and financial future. Let's get started. The Stanley Cup is a multi-million dollar product, and it's teaching us a million dollar lesson. And that lesson is sometimes you don't need a new product. You just need a new audience. Today, we're talking about how economists explain this new craze and phenomena around the Stanley Quincher. And we'll talk to Mrs. Jenny Alberani, Thomas More University, Professor of Entrepreneurship and the Director of the Zimbro Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation about the business side of this new craze. A little bit of background before we get into the details. In 2016, the Stanley Quincher arrived and hit markets. But in the first few years, the Quincher didn't make much of an impact. Year after year, the brand's best-selling product remained their iconic green bottle. Even though sales remained moderate, and by 2019, Stanley has stopped restocking and marketing the Quincher. Stanley is a 110 year old company. And for those 110 years, they were doing just fine. The drinkware manufacturer had made a place for itself in the knapsacks of outdoorsmen and lunchboxes of blue collar workers with its bottles and thermoses that kept food and drinks hot or cold for hours on end. Their primary target audience was working men who needed to stay hydrated on job sites or while hiking or being outdoors and away from home. And I think about my grandfather's thermos with the Stanley Bear on it. So today we'll talk about what economists say and what they actually get wrong. And then we're going to provide four reasons why we think this craze is happening. So first, let's explain what economists are saying. And economists love to simplify things and love to say that everything is economics. I'm one of those individuals, but we get it wrong here. So let's talk about what economists say. Economists explain this with two things. One, a Veblen good. A Veblen good is a good that we, the the demand for it, the quantity demanded for it increases as price goes up. So we want more of it as it gets more expensive. And and they say that the Stanley Quincher fits those characteristics. Probably true. But they also highlight this concept of conspicuous consumption, and this idea is sometimes our purchasing behavior identify or uh, are based on identity more than preferences. So, in other words, we buy things to kind of tell people who we are, and I think there's an element of that. But this simplifies that model greatly, or simplifies what Stanley is doing greatly. I think Stanley is, uh, is leveraging four other items, and let's go through them, okay? The first one, and I love this. I love that they did this. It's functionality. The Stanley Quencher is functional. So if you've seen me around, if you see me teaching, every time I go to class, I'm carrying my 40 ounces of water, and I try to finish three bottles of 40 ounces per day. I have a corksicle. I've used a hydro flask, and they're great. But the thing that I hate about them is they don't fit in my cup holder when I'm driving to work. And what Stanley did, and, you know, it's a simple modification. They flipped their thermos upside down. So if you look at the picture of the Stanley thermos, the original, the OG thermos that Stanley has, and you flip it upside down, it's the new quincher. And what that did is it made it accessible for us and more functional to walk around, and put it in our cup holder. And we cannot uh, underestimate the impact that that had on the shift of demand. By making it more functional, they increased its value and the demand for that product. What about the second item, Mrs. A?
0: I'll run with number two, and I want to say thanks for having me back on the podcast.
1: Always great to have you back.
0: (laughs) So one thing I want to add on to what you just said about the functionality of the quencher is when we When we think about entrepreneurship and innovation, we think about it as solving problems. And when I heard you talking about the functionality and why your or how your uh, cork circle can't fit in the cup holder, they are solving a problem. So number two, I really I get so excited about this. We've talked about a lot about it at home, but leadership and how leadership leaned into evaluating their customer segment and also innovating their business model. So let's start from the beginning with leadership is. Stanley hired a new CEO president, Terrence Riley. He had spent his previous seven years at Crocs, where he led the strategy that turned those rubber shoes into one of the hottest shoes on the market. Love them or hate them, you cannot deny that they are here on trend and everyone, I feel like everyone is wearing them. I feel like- See them everywhere on campus. Yes, students- Love them. Love them. I've seen them with like fur, I've seen them, they have accessories they have accessories
1: that go on the crowd which by the way the stanley cup now has has accessories. accessories so
0: i love it so they the leadership took a stance and they leaned into innovation they were not afraid to do it although stanley as you said very traditional company been doing the same old thing for 110 years the primary audience were men and those who really needed to stay hydrated, so they were solving a problem there as well. I also think about my grandfather's thermos, the green thermos that um, had the Stanley Bear on it. And I also think some of us have those in our basement. Yeah. So when when Riley came on board, he did a listening tour around the company. This is the first step to innovation. It is the first step in the entrepreneurial process and I think should be the first step in new leadership. So what he did was he went around the company, um, gaining empathy to learn more about the pains and gains. An employee mentioned a mom's group that started a blog called The Buy Guide. The Buy Guide had posted about this cup, The Quencher, and their audience of women went crazy over it, causing the post to go viral several times. So the blog tried to make a case for Stanley to continue the production of The Quencher, but. Of course the sales numbers weren't there for the company but instead riley gave another option make a wholesale order to sell the quenchers to your buy guide audience and it made me think about key partnerships what an amazing key partnership he leaned into so when you think about business models you also have to think about who else can you leverage or partner with to keep that business moving so the buy guy made an order of five thousand quenchers they have been talking about it in their interviews. They've noted, and I quote, it was a big risk for it. It took every penny we had in the business account and some personal funds to make that happen. However, those quenchers sold out in days. Stanley embraced the buy guide as a partner, working with them to promote new and exciting colors like desert sage and cream, which were the hottest colors. So instead of brushing off this sudden surge of sales from a new and unexpected audience, like many brands will do, the new Stanley CEO said, Let's lean into this new woman audience. So when I'm talking about the buy guide, I'm going to go into number three and talk about those key partnerships and and also bring in social media.
1: Important aspect.
0: Important aspect. So key partnerships play a huge role in delivering that value prop. When you're considering your business model, we've established that and talked a little bit about that. Um, In this case, it was an influencer business that helped innovate Stanley. In all those stories, though, the buy guide, the mom's blog. I think they've been overlooked and how much they actually elevated the brand.
1: And and that actually upsets me. So I've been watching a lot of the news on the Stanley Quincher and the Craze and it was on the Today show last week and it's all on the news. And they don't talk about the impact of the buy guide and the influence of the woman that took this mm-hmm. huge risk mm-hmm. to uh, influence the growth of this company. I'm sure they have I hope they have a deal with stanley but i wish they got more credit for taking on that risk because they they reinvented this company
0: they did and it can also i want to make a note that we had a previous podcast about sharing your story yeah so i hope they're really capitalizing on this and sharing their story and how much influence they had on it but what that did for stanley too is taught them they should collaborate with influencers so they have been collaborating with starbucks target country music stars um in fact, I heard that one of the Starbucks red quenchers, and I look for them every time we go to a Starbucks. They resold on eBay for hundreds of dollars. On eBay already. So the quencher's popularity on social media also, we cannot deny that that has helped. I think most of us have seen the TikTok video of the fire with the Stanley Cup in there, yeah. where she's shaking the ice and it did not burn in the car. Um, the other thing is this this type of activity, these partnerships and social media, it brings Stanley's brand to the forefront of our minds. And I talk a lot about that with the loyalty loop. So throughout that purchasing cycle, you want your brand at the top of mind when customers are going to look for carrying their water yeah. or drinks or how they're going to hydrate for the day.
1: Yeah. So it it's more strategic than just the demand exists and people's behaviors, the Stanley and the market and uh, the buy guide influenced change. There, there is um, a fourth item. Can I talk about the fourth item? All right. The fourth item, we're going to go back to the basics of economics. And what Stanley did, whether they intended to or not, is they leveraged the power of scarcity. So it turns out that you know, our our preferences change when we know that there's a limited uh, number <laughs> out there. And, and you know, that's behavioral economics. There's a lot of literature out there saying how you can get people to change their behavior by just telling them that there's a small amount of quantity left. And I think you kind of fall victim to that sometimes, don't you?
0: I do, especially when I put something in my bag and it says one more left.
1: In your cart for your... Yeah. 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 Or uh, airline tickets when it says only two seats left at yes, this price,
0: I say grab them.
1: And that's the power of scarcity. So what happened with um, the Stanley Quincher is there were whether there I think honestly that the St- Stanley production could not keep up with demand and that created some scarcity, um, but it worked out in their in their preference and na- in, in their um, benefit. And now it's kind of part of the product. Like if you see all of these TikToks and. Um, reels out there it's usually people going crazy because they found one last stanley Quincher. so these are the four items so just to recap uh, the first one is functionality two is good leadership listens Mm -hmm. uh three leverage key partnerships and social media and there and then four leverage Scarcity. So when economists simplify this as, oh, it's a Veblen good or conspicuous consumption, um, I, I think we are not giving credit to the strategic behaviors that happen in markets. And sometimes economists love them. I am one of them. We simplify things too much. But the Stanley. Quincher is a great case study. If you're using it in the classroom, feel free to use this podcast uh, to, to supplement your uh, classroom activities. Jenny, is there anything else you want to say before we end today?
0: I have so much to say about this. We, Like I said, I could talk about it all day. I am actually using it for my class. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm teaching um, business models this semester, but what I really love about this story is Sometimes you can have a winning product in your back pocket. What you need to think about, and this is part of innovation, it's part of the pivot of persevering, is to get it in front of the right audience. Two, I love how the CEO leaned into innovating the business model, creating partnerships and collaborations. He took the time to listen, to listen to the team and employees. It is so important. And then he allowed the company to really manage the success from the bottom up, rather from a top-down approach. And this way, the entire company had that buy-in to really make it grow and innovate.
1: Perfect. Before we leave today, I have a request for you. If you enjoyed this episode, can you share it on social media and tag us so we know that you listened in? And tell us what you learned from this podcast. You can find me on all social media as at econ with DRA. Jenny, how can we find you?
0: At Jenny Albarani.
1: Hey, you want to spell Alberani?
0: A-L-B-A-H-R-A-N-I. And I also would love to see you all tag Stanley.
1: Ooh, yeah. Tell them. Tell them about your favorite podcast. Thank you all for listening to Econ with Dr. A. Keep tuned in for new podcasts on a weekly basis. See you all next week.
0: Bye.